Good morning, and welcome to Lopes on Movies. My name is Joey Lopes, and today I am joined by Connor. Good morning. Hey, Connor, how you doing? This is a lovely Memorial Day weekend that we're recording this episode of the show. It's uh, the beginning of summer, it feels like. You know, the sure graduation does. has just taken place at the University of Delaware, where, of course, we are housed on WVUD, and it's just a, uh, it's a magical time. For, uh, for me personally, because I love when all the students leave campus and now it's just kind of a, uh, a campus that I have all to myself. For the That's right. Part. Congratulations, yeah. students, and thank you for being gone. Thank you for leaving. Um, so yes, it's a lovely time to be at work when it's, uh, <laughs> it's very quiet and uh, you know, we all kind of focus on, on stuff and not get sidetracked and busy. It's just the best. It's just the best. I love it. Um, but I also just love the summer. You know, summer is just a good time. It's a, it's, a, it's a lovely thing to be here in the summer, and it's great that we're getting into the summer movie season. Um, honestly, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you, Connor. I do not know a single movie that's coming out this summer except for Oppenheimer, and by mm-hmm. extension, I know that Barbie is coming out because there was a bit that both of them were coming out at, like, the same time. I don't think that's true anymore, but that, that was, like, th- their release dates were announced at around the same time for the same day like months ago um was there concern that the audience for oppenheimer is going to also be eaten away by barbie yeah well i I think (laughs) it was it was the bit it's like you're either an oppenheimer guy or you're a barbie guy um you know (laughs) (laughs) or or girl um so yeah but but you know i'm not going to see barbie because i don't make a habit of seeing films based on products that are you know toys uh but even though it's a Greta Gerwig movie in fact I find that whole thing so like depressing and sad because even if it's a real movie it's like why are you making a a, a Mattel licensed toy film like I read something that Mattel is like now we're gonna make a Hot Wheels film it's like oh no god it's like they're getting they're getting so so excited by all the potential for their intellectual property um we're really in a dark place for for intellectual property films, right? Actually, this 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 is a great segue into uh, <laughs> into a movie you just watched. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is going on? Like last last time we we did a show, we talked about Air, right? That was the last episode, um, and that's like okay, they're they're making a movie about a well known brand of shoe now. They're making movies about well-known brands of cell phones. I guess so. Uh, so so Connor, you saw a movie called Blackberry. I did. Can you can you tell me a little bit about this? It's not really playing nearby. It's playing in in, in uh, PA, but uh, it, it it did come out. It is in theaters. So I'm uh, <laughs> Blackberry. You know, a movie about the phone. IFC Films. Uh, yeah, so it's an independent film uh, by, directed by Matt Johnson. I, I'm not familiar with too much, too much of his work. He also acts in a kind of a secondary role in the in the film. Uh, so this is the story of uh, the rise and like fall of the the BlackBerry, the the phone, the first smartphone mm-hmm. of the world. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I can't, can't believe to tell you that it's actually great. This movie, I, I was overjoyed by this movie not even i'm not even kidding i think it's great so it's very different than your air movie mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm, think mm-hmm. more like uh the social network kind of kind of thing i know that people sure. kind of use that kind of thing all the time but this one 
actually does have that kind of uh feel like it's not sympathetic to it i mean maybe there's a little bit of look back of the melancholy of like the design of it so this follows the uh, original creators and then also this uh, this businessman who gets involved with them to try to take them to the top and does all sorts of nefarious things to kind of get them to mm-hmm. that level and to also compete with like the biggest brands in the world like your motorola's mm-hmm. at the time uh until ultimately they're defeated by uh by apple and in the iphone and just and then can't compete right but it's a it's a farcical tale like it's some there's some truth to it but it's also somewhat ridiculous, like in over the top, just for cinematic purposes. Which well, I'm, I'm seeing is the that, best uh, best part of I'm it. Seeing seeing that Jay Baruchel and, and Glenn Howerton are like yes. the guys. Yes, and, they're, they're the lead. So Jay Baruchel, yeah. of course, from the he's a comedic actor. He he's he's done a lot of the. I think he's did a few of the Seth Rogen movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he. I mean, it's been he, forever since This Is the End came out. But yeah, that's like is, the, the, the that, that's, that's the, the main one. thing I can think of. Rec- like not even recently I mean, he was like 10 years old but yeah he was also in a, he was in a, a a tv show that i really liked called man seeking woman which was oh, just kind yeah, of like yeah. an over the top like silly it was an fx show fx had a little bit of a run where they were making like some fun goofy yeah, weird, shows weird like shows, interesting yeah. things well speaking uh, of fx shows i mean we're talking glenn howerton here and then of course Den- glenn Dennis howerton from Sony. yes um, so yeah uh these two play like the central lead so jay baruchel is plays uh, Michael Lazardis, I think is that, is is mm-hmm. his name, uh, and he's the actual like creator of the first concept of how to create the the network that would allow for these smartphones to to work and mm-hmm. like the keypad on the BlackBerry, the the clicking sound, uh, and then they you know just very tech based, and then Matt Johnson plays like his right hand and right hand man. I can't remember mm-hmm. his name uh, mm-hmm. off the top of my head, but he's he's mm-hmm. fun too in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glenn Howerton plays a total over-the-top character who is the actual co-CEO with uh, uh, Jay Baruchel's character, and his name is Jim Balsley. Plays it so over the top, like a villain. He's doing, he's oh, hamming yeah, it up yeah. so much. Like, and that's he what goes you want all, from him. Oh, you do, and he goes all <laughs> in for the role too. Like, he's he. he I, I watched some interviews of this because I was so fascinated by the movie and his performance in it. And and he's he's like so what would be the most like most believable thing because he, he's this guy is like balding like he only he just has the the, the sides yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a sides guy yeah, so, yeah you know i mean really he he goes would a bald cap work best or should i shave my head and i mean i mean then they're like the they, they laugh at him and they go i mean obviously you got me shaving your head would look good better than and so he shaves his head <laughs> he shaved his head for this role yeah, I was wondering actually it, if this was a bald cap or if this was a, a no, no type he, situation. So, so he shaved his head for the role. He wow. is hysterical in this role, and it's it's basically been been like uh, uh, said for, from interviews that this character is not as totally evil as uh, he's portrayed in this one. Yeah, just, obviously, and like it's much more of a collaboration, and they had a much better like uh, relationship. But for the movie and the. And the, and just entertaining entertainment purposes. If you if you enjoy Only Sunny in Philadelphia, I highly recommend this movie because there are his some hysterical parts in this. Mm-hmm. Also, with while also having like the dramatic nature of it and like keeping the pace and intensity going. It I I'm like surprised that I liked it as much as I did. Uh, mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. through and through, it's a uh, it's a great story. And, and funnily enough. The actual Jim Balsley, who is is more pro this movie, even though his portrayal is like him as like this 
ultra evil person. He's just like, ah, it's a movie. I'm, I don't care. It's it's kind of fun. They did a good <laughs> yeah, job, yeah. which is like the total right way to take something oh, yeah, like this. And then the the character that Jay Baruchel plays, uh, Mike Lazardis, uh, like basically wanted no part of the movie because maybe yeah, partially yeah. it's probably too close to him because uh, you could his character at least, and I guess from real life situations is he really wanted this to work and it kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. he, he probably feels in his heart like this is like a, a huge failure that they kind of yeah. lost this whole thing and whereas yeah. jim balsley was just a, a from what i gather just a a canadian businessman who this was just another a big venture like the biggest venture of his life but it's right not yeah, yeah his whole world like it was the other uh, right yeah the other co-ceo but Highly recommend this one. I don't know when it's going to come out or where you can see it, but uh, I thought it was uh, I thought it was fun. Uh, this feels like a way. movie that'll that'll drop on Amazon Prime in like a week. Um, you know, like it, it'll it'll be available. <laughs> just just keep your eye out. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Well, I hope I won you over, Joe. You want you interested? Well, look, in look. I, I like I said, like even the the Barbie movie is is a Greta Gerwig movie, and she seems like she's very like into doing something with some level of artistic value whatever that's fine but the idea that we're in a world now where hollywood is so desperate for people to go see movies that the only movies that they'll green light are things that are based on recognizable brand names i think is depressing regardless of whether or not the movie's any good um so we're in a world now where the blackberry movie gets greenlit probably because it's called blackberry and some producer somewhere said well people know what that is you know uh so that that's my only cynicism like i'm not saying anything about the movie i haven't seen it i, yeah. I, I trust you I, I assume it's good and i like glenn howerton you know dennis is the best character on on always sunny you know he's he's a uh, an incredible performer so i i'm sure i would enjoy this think uh, a so. more angry dennis that also has like the same kind of uh like charm also weirdly <laughs> yeah drive exactly it's uh yeah it's it's good yeah yeah we'll have to see if it uh if it shows up on any any streaming services if any streaming services you know are around in time for uh it to show up because of course you know they're all a disaster right now Uh, that's my transition because i want to talk a little bit about (laughs) about about the hbo max fiasco um I, i don't i don't even know if you can call it a fiasco i don't know what you call it it's just so bizarre um, I'm pretty sure that the uh, the head of, of Warner Brothers, David Zaslav, was like booed off the stage almost at like a commencement <laughs> address that he he was attending. Um, but, but and part part of that is of course the the writers' strike that's taking place right now, which is you know a very big deal. Um, that's that's slowing down tons of productions and in, in everything. Um, but whether that's film or TV and could have huge ramifications. Of course, if you remember the writer's strike from like 2007, 2008, whenever that was, um, that, that had a tremendous impact on so much that was going on in, in Hollywood at the time. And it was a kind of a disaster for a lot of, uh, a lot of projects. Um, but of course it's the, the writers are totally in the right here because the streaming services don't, you don't make any money at all for being a writer on a, uh, a streaming show or whatever. Um, and there's also some some stipulations that the uh, the guild is talking about with like AI and protecting writers against AI technology, which is of course a, another disastrous bit of technology that <laughs> is mm-hmm. on the way. There's just, there's just so much in flux right now. Um, but uh, the reason I bring up Zaslav is because beyond just this fiasco, we have the whole Max fiasco, which is, uh, if you're not aware... There once was a 
a television channel called HBO where you watched <laughs> what was supposed to be premium programming. It was the slogan was like it's not television, it's HBO or whatever, something like that. Uh the whole bit yeah. is that their stuff is the good stuff, you know, like film quality stuff on TV. Yeah, so, I mean, is, it yeah. stands for home box office. Home box office, right, exactly. So you got The Sopranos, and you got, you know, all, all the, the great shows, most recently, of course, Game of Thrones, even though that was a disaster. Um, but the point is, this this is supposed to be premium television. Um, then, at some point, they, they released a app called HBO Go, which allowed people who paid for the television channel, the you know the premium television channel, to stream the shows online with the app instead of uh, instead of watching it live on TV. Then at some point, this changed to HBO Max, which you could pay for individually and not pay for the the, the TV channel specifically. And HBO Go, I don't I don't think works anymore no or stopped working after max hbo max came out and hbo max was kind of confusing because it had other things than just the hbo lineup it was like kind of the the warner brothers streaming service but then something happened which is that warner brothers merged with discovery and discovery decided you know th their their influence pretty much decided that this this hbo max thing and the discovery plus which was the discovery streaming service now we got to merge these um, mm -hmm. Because that's what's necessary for the streaming platform's success. Uh, there was a really great like PowerPoint presentation, which uh, had had some of the most absurd slides I've ever seen in my life, describing this uh, the, the the necessity of this merger. Uh, I can't remember anything <laughs> off the top of my head. It was, it was uh, actually there was ludicrous. some really really funny stuff, like arrows pointing to like weird spots with like a dumb word on top, and it's like you're just imagining some guy giving this presentation in a boardroom and everybody just kind of nodding their heads in, in solemnly. Uh, it's just the worst. Um, but they, they decided this needed to happen. So now instead of HBO Max, they dropped the HBO from the name and now it's just Max. So the entire HBO brand is pretty much invisible now. Um, and that whole, whole knowledge of like, you know, the premium network stuff, this is where you watch the good stuff. Well, now it's just the Max streaming service, which is a new app, by the way. You have to you have to download a whole new app. It's not just HBO Max becomes Max. You have to go back and download something new in order to continue watching your HBO shows. But you also get treated to all of the great content that Discovery is putting out, like uh, My Feet Are Killing Me, uh, which yeah. is a show <laughs> a show about people who have feet problems and the doctors who who solve them. The show has been on for about four seasons, I think. Um, and a bunch of other like horrible, horrible bottom of the barrel like TLC shows, like the kind of stuff that they'd be watching in RoboCop, uh, and then laughing at. I'd buy that for a dollar television. <laughs> um, so it's kind of a mess, and everything is getting cheapened, and and uh, there's no respect given to to the work of of the artist trying to make real stuff. Which goes e even to that point. The HBO. The, the, uh, sorry, I keep calling it HBO. It's just Max. The uh, the Max streaming service released without any like credits given to any like movie or TV show that was on it. So if you wanted to, if you watched like Goodfellas, there wouldn't be like written written by 
directed by, et cetera. It just said creators and then just a random list of people who had something to do with the movie. Like Martin Scorsese's name wasn't even first. It was like fifth down there. Like Steven Spielberg was like the last person on E.T. or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, it's, um, it's crazy. Or, or like uh, I think Raging Bull was a good one where like Jake LaMotta was uh, credited as a creator. You know, like the movie's <laughs> about him, but what did he have to do with making it? <laughs> um so like but but this actually was crazy because th- this was such a, an offense that like every every guild of of like filming like the director's guild and the writers guild put out joint statements saying this needs to be corrected because it's illegal technically like in terms of like the actual like like law of putting these things up there the things need to be properly credited um but i, I guess they thought they could get away with it i, I find that kind of fascinating well, no joey they they uh they said it was uh it was just a lousy uh like Oh, it was know, an error in, in error, uh, clerical yeah. error, but in they the coding. Had, for, but like, they what, literally are you kidding me? they made a whole thing that just said creators, which is so insulting. Like, yeah, it is like I, I can't believe that they they thought they could get away with it. They, they really they did. Could. They really mm-hmm. did. Uh, but this is just a, such a disaster. You know, I'm, I'm I'm so sick of the the streaming era. Well, I'll tell you, Joey. Like I have a I do have a buddy who works for a, a high a high end streaming company. Uh, doing like their accounting and he is very adamant that they are not in a good place have not been in a good place for a long time and it's the same things that we always talk about that yeah the the things just don't make any money like all of the content that they pay for is just not being watched especially the the streaming exclusive shows and things those have just been proven to be a total money pit that's that does nothing the only thing that they make money on is is the sports really the sports yeah. that they pay for like those get watched because that's what you still need to watch live and that's the right, only way yeah. you can get them but yeah. as far as all these other things these shows that they they throw money at like it, it's just not making money so at some point i he, he thinks and like what i think other conventional wisdom is is getting towards and i think other countries internationally are, are doing this is it's they're these streaming services are going to have to uh kind of create joint partnerships and kind of be presented together in like bundle packages that are going to look very much Mm -hmm. like cable used to be except instead of having an actual cable that you plug in it's it's still done online yeah so it's inevitable that it's going to happen because streaming does not make money it's it it's just a continued the the continued thing that companies are trying to figure out how to make money in the internet age and i think that the tv and film industry is now starting to have to contend with the same problems that the music industry contended with and is still contending with um after with with streaming music which also makes no money um so yeah it's just a disaster like there's it's such a bad time for for all of these uh for, for all of the media companies trying to figure out what to do to keep things afloat and uh ultimately nothing is very successful and just leads to a kind of stagnating culture of uh of media you know in a large way so it, yeah it's crazy it's it's a mess um and, and the other problem too is that and this again this is also the problem that the music companies are facing is that with streaming everything's competing against everything that's ever been made so like why would you watch some you know new show and you could just watch friends again or the office again or seinfeld again or whatever, and I think that that's a real problem that uh, that people are running into, where the the big staple shows are not really being replaced, 
And there's only like a handful of times that you get those like kind of zeitgeist shows um, that that are like the, they're really lucky to get it. Like the only other show I could think of that has any kind of like zeitgeist appeal is like Succession, maybe, which just ended. Yeah. Yeah, they had to run. And I'll tell you, it, this writer strike is not going to help those streaming services that are relying no. on these their new content because there's none coming up unless Absolute, they decide yeah. they're going to have uh, ChatGPT write yeah, their just shows write, for write, them. Just, what a horrible, bleak future <laughs> we're, we are entering into. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we should talk about something uh, something else real quick with the, <laughs> the another idea of a horrible bleak future. <laughs> this 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 one's for for Steve Kramark, the uh, the head of the radio at WVUD. He's been get, trying to get me to watch this movie Forbidden Planet for probably years. Um, and of course, as I always do, I blow off any suggestion that anybody ever gives me, and then we'll finally get around to it years later. Um, so today I watched Forbidden Planet. There you go, Steve. I watched it. Now you can't say that I have, I've never watched one of your recommendations. And I watched um, it too. Yeah, you, you watched it along with me. So this was, uh, this was, this was fun. Um, of course, Forbidden Planet is, uh, my own ignorance of this genre is, uh, pretty apparent because I, I probably had never heard of this before. Like it was, it was recommended to me, but as, as far as I can tell, it's pretty much one of the most influential science fiction movies ever made. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. In, in, in so many more ways than one that are very apparent when you're watching it as well. Um, so like, I, I, I'm not a science fiction guy, so it's not something that would have really like been on my radar, but watching it now, of course I, I totally get it. Um, but yeah, just, uh, just kind of jumping in blind and uh, th- didn't really know what to expect. Well, what did you think of this, Connor? I thought it was really good, and I thought, I mean, it's uh, influences you can you can see everywhere that I'm sure we'll get into. You want me to yeah. just give the little synopsis, maybe? Yeah, real quick. Yeah, so this is from 1956, The Forbidden Planet. It, it is mm-hmm. in, in color. Uh, a starship crew in the 23rd century goes to investigate a silence of a distant planet's colony, only to find just two survivors, a powerful robot, and the deadly secret of a lost civilization. So basically, it's this uh, it's this crew of uh, I guess at uh, at some I mean because this is 1956 we haven't even in real the real world we haven't even gotten to the moon yet so they're into they I think in their anticipated vision like the man would get to the moon in like the end of the 21st century which really it was the in the 20th century mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, but it's pretty cool that they even like had that thought but then yeah, right. not only did they go they, they went right past the moon and this said all right well by the 23rd century we've already colonized like all the planets in the solar system and mm-hmm. now we're just like finding all these other ones and then we ha- we send all sorts of crews to different different planets to i guess to to monitor to you know check what's going on in all these planets so there's a you know a crew that was sent to to one planet and they haven't gotten us like anything back from them so another crew is sent to investigate and find what find what's happening to them and and uh report back Mm -hmm. because they have they lost like a signal to them Mm -hmm. i guess essentially Mm -hmm. what happens uh i I mean i I thought it was really good like it's a, a nice short story it's only an hour and 38 minutes but it it's uh it's told the the you know you get the they get the whole plot right through and the influences are everywhere including leslie nielsen in the the lead role as the skipper the captain of of the rescue ship i yeah, guess it's, it's wild how leslie nielsen like and everybody talks about this how he was he was a real actor and then an airplane he played off that that bit but now like everybody just knows him from like naked gun and airplane 
<laughs> but, yeah. yeah. But like he, he's a good actor. Like he's he's compelling as the the captain in this for sure. Well, I mean, not only is he compelling, but I mean, he this is this is Captain Kirk. Oh yeah, yeah. And like this this predates everything. In yeah, and like they, it's insane. They, they, so, I mean, this feels like like Star Trek. Oh like, yeah, this feels time. like the future episodes of what Star Trek would be like a smart idea of science fiction. It's not just yeah. like a creature that comes out from the from the sky and like it's not War of the Worlds or all these kind of things. That this it, is like a thought provoking kind of science yeah. fiction thing and like the actual story and the the deadly secret that happened to this lost civilization is very interesting and it's like one of those things that makes makes you think you can get very like uh, abstract with the yeah it's, it's the like a philosophical it. thing it's a yeah. philosophical thing it's a psychological thing a very freudian um with movie uh <laughs> in, especially towards the end um and i i think like even like just, just beyond the story which has a lot of like like elements to it that that were obviously super influential i think the stuff that i'm so fascinated by is like the the technical aspects of it there are two things in particular there's one sequence later like late in the movie that has like hand-drawn animation to like signify a a thing that's attacking um which is it, it, as a special effect obviously it doesn't look real like they got a real disney animator to to do this right like it, it looks like disney right. animation showing yep. up in the middle of the movie but as a just kind of artistic flourish it's very cool it's a very unexpected thing to see popping up in the middle of this live action movie and it's it of course it's a disney animator so it's like a, it's a virtuosic animation that's taking place and the way it was done is is really fascinating too <laughs> like so the yeah like that that's a very very interesting sequence um and then the most in, interesting thing about the movie and probably the maybe the thing that uh is, is the most enduring is the music if you could yeah. you could call it, you could call it music the electronic score which uh predates the existence of of synthesizers even even though it's like it's electronic it like it. it's electronic music but it even it predates like the Mo the moog and like all of like the the 60s synthesizers like it's it's very much like the the cutting of the cutting edge of electronic music existed in this movie this is the first time any any movie was ever scored with like electronic electronically and like the soundscape of this movie is like i i think some people would probably like at first listen to it and kind of like just be like oh it's like stereotypical sci-fi sounds and, and sure i understand like why people would say that but like it, the the actual effect of it is really sinister and off-putting and like and, and it's fascinating to see that in such a big like hollywood production like the the entire thing is so uh like like just ominous and dark yeah. um and 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 bassy and like powerful and like right right in your face um and i'm sure that that's like a an element that is divisive among people watching the movie today but when you the fact that they they scored the movie entirely with electronic sounds in that way um is really really uh like even today that's that's bold and insane you know? <laughs> like you'd never oh, they, hear they, a movie they wouldn't, they wouldn't like do that today, today. Yeah, no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do that. It's yeah. uh, I, I I liked a lot of a lot of this. Like even just like like the the nature of, it's kind of how like there's like a a a primal nature versus like like advanced intelligence angle to it. Also, that's yeah, yeah, like yeah. very present throughout the whole thing. Like when the like the way you have to compare the crew that's been with like on their own. It's all men for a year, and then yeah. they get to the this uh, this planet. And uh, 
the doctor's daughter is there and they're all like enamored by yeah, the do- yeah, like yeah. by the by her and like they're yeah get, it, classic, they, you know, it gets very yeah. primal kind of yeah, like yeah, yeah. like uh if, if you think about that by the way dr morbius uh which uh, not that morbius but that's not, actually not, not dr michael morbius not, not dr michael morbius not to be confused not to be confused he's not a he's a very like loose with like he's just with with his uh, his parenting He's like, oh, yeah, oh this is this happened to you? Oh, well, it's wild. Right. Whatever. It's, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a very like bizarre <laughs> like sexual dynamic in this movie. <laughs> there is throughout but the it, entire it, thing. It, but in a way that's very fascinating, I think. Um, it does. It adds to yeah. the uh the uh, effect of what yeah, you're this, getting this, out of the, the whole subversive thing. effect, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I feel like I don't have too much else more to, to say about it in detail, but I think it's a very interesting movie, um, and I, I definitely would recommend seeking it out if, if for no other reason than uh, you're seeing the genesis of so much science fiction to come later, and 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 to that point, also horror to come later. Because even though I wouldn't necessarily classify this as a horror movie, it does have a lot of the same elements of movies like I don't know, like The Thing or uh like it's stuck in one location and there's some like sinister threat that you can't like fully understand or comprehend um that that, that's an element of this as well so certainly uh you know it it had an influence in many different directions beyond just being a uh a very you know groundbreaking sci-fi movie so yeah definitely uh, so that's a good recommendation from steve i'm gonna give you a thumbs up on your recommendation yeah that's a good that's a good that, one from steve that I was like uh, that, that, so we'll have to see if uh you know right now steve is batting batting a thousand uh with his recommendations that i've watched so we'll have to see what happens next with the uh the next recommendation yeah right. we will see you next week